Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. Saturday morning, eight minutes after eight o'clock. You're listening to 95.5 WSB. It's Ashley Frasca with you for another hour. And then Dave Baker comes in. Want to wish all of the Alta tennis teams that have made the playoffs good luck today. I think they'll get their matches in. Um, I'm not playing on our team because I'm going to head out of town just for a brief a uh, few hours, but good luck to all of you playing. Stay safe and stay dry. 404-872-0750. Uh, if you don't want to call in, if you want to see some of the more recent things going on, check the Facebook page. Search Facebook for Green and Growing WSB. Follow me there. Like the page. A lot of cool stuff. Uh, good morning to everybody checking in. Lots of people messaging me and commenting and all of that. I love hearing from all of you. Melissa and Dana. Uh, Karen, and I got a good question about a crepe myrtle from Peggy. So keep it coming on Facebook. Uh, out Back out to the phones. We go. I want to talk to Mariana calling from East Cobb. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Yes, I'm here. Good morning. Hello. What's up? Hi. Um, I'm calling because um, I would like to know what good shrub that grows more than 12 feet on a shady area and their dents are good. What do you recommend? Okay. Yeah, to have some privacy. Okay. Um, I've got a few recommendations for you, and then I'll tell you where you can find more. Um, a Sasanqua camellia is going to be really pretty. Um, you may not get as many flowers if it's in part shade, but a Sasanqua camellia is going to keep those waxy leaves on it year-round, and you have the benefit of flowers. Um, a magnolia too. Generally, they want a lot more sun, but that fills in nice, like a little gem magnolia. Uh, that can grow 15 to 20 feet high and pretty wide as well. Um, some evergreens that you might want to consider. Green giant arborvitae. Uh, we don't do Leland cypress anymore. Like you can if you want to, but those are a thing of the past. There's just much sturdier varieties of evergreens of of conifers that we can consider in the landscape. Uh, green giant arborvitae has a nice shape to it. It can tolerate part sun. You really want to pay attention on the label to all of these too, as far as spacing is concerned, that we space them far enough apart. In the beginning, you're going to have gaps. You're not going to have the privacy, but trust me, after three or four years, when these grow to the size they want to and fill in, they're going to be spaced just fine. You want to make sure over time that they don't, you know, start to crowd into one another because that's when you'll get cankers and problems. Um, another one, cryptomeria, kind of all the same information as that green giant arborvitae. Um, and it kind of changes color a little bit in the fall. It keeps all its needles. It stays green, but it'll have like a copper orange color. Cryptomeria will in the fall, and that kind of just adds interest. People often think that it's dying, but um, it's not. So those are some ideas, Mariana. And for anything else that, you know, may be a little more 
adapt to a shady area, something that I'm not considering and, and may not have time to rattle off now, go to Walter's website. You know, he hosted the Lawn and Garden Show right here for 26 years. He's got so much on his website. It's like an encyclopedia of everything gardening. Uh, it's WalterReeves.com, and you spell Reeves R-E-E-V-E-S, WalterReeves.com. And the search bar is at the upper right corner, and you can search just a couple of words, privacy or privacy shrubs. And he has come up with an article that has a very extensive list, and it's broken down by what's in full sun, what's not, what flowers, what's not. But a lot of really good plants, at least 30 or 40 that you could consider for privacy hedges and something that'll get at least, you know, 12 feet tall like you uh, like you wanted, if not bigger. Thank you for the call. Great question. Great question. Uh, down to Florida we go this morning and talk to Charlie. Hey there, Charlie. How you been? I'm doing good. How you doing? Very good. Thank you, sir. Get ready to head your way in just a couple hours. Oh, all right. Yeah. So you must have fared pretty well from that weather y'all had last night. It knocked me off the air Thursday trying to do traffic. I only missed one report and then the power came back on. But yeah, I think we people in Cumming are saying they had a tornado touchdown. I don't know if that's been confirmed or not, but a lot of damage. Trees down, yeah. Yeah, up there at Alfred and Milton, they mm-hmm. said they had slew of them all over the road. Yeah, that was the truth. But anyway, uh, I want to do some more clippings with my gardenias and get them rooted and I was just wondering, is it better to do them on a full moon or when there's no moon? You know, all of that comes from the Farmer's Almanac, right? Uh, whether or not the moon cycle has anything to do with encouraging growth or, you know, times to get a haircut, times to take the kids to the dentist, like all of that uh-huh. can be said to be off moon cycles. Um, really, I wouldn't go based on that. I don't think that makes a difference at all because gardenias and other things, they go more by the sun. You know, of course, if it's okay. a full moon... There's sometimes enough light for like a moon garden for the plants to be able to photosynthesize from the bright light of the moon. But generally speaking, the sun is counting more than the moon. So if you want to take some trimmings off the gardenia, you certainly could. You want to propagate them? Yeah, I brought some from uh, Alpharetta down here and they're they're, they're doing real well. They're the only thing about grow down here, really. Yeah, and you'll get flowers, what, two times a year, right? Oh, yeah. Lord, that thing turns white every... I I still got a few on one right now, as a matter of fact. And it smells so good. Oh, but by the way, one that we got kind of cool this year, one turned, I thought it killed it, but it made a comeback, but it doesn't have that real deep green that they have. Mm Mm-hmm. You think some fertilizer would knock that on out and green it on up, or I don't even think it needs it. I don't even think it needs it. I think they're they're going to leaf out just fine. Um, and what when you say y'all cooled down to what sixty degrees, (laughs) or did it get cooler? (laughs) My in-laws would kill for sixty degrees right now. (laughs) They're in the Fort Myers area. Or if you get down to Danelle and come on over, we'll have a cookout. You know it. You know it. Well, yeah, no fertilizer needed if you want to. That's good. You know when they're in active growth, right before they flower is really when they need the fertilizer. Eliza, but I wouldn't worry about those yeah. leaves. They'll be all right. Okay. All right. You well, tell. Look, uh, Merry Christmas in July. You hey. know it. We're coming up with the Carathon, and we may have Santa join us for the Carathon. Who knew? Yeah. Mm. All righty. All right. Stay safe. Tell everyone, hey. Hey, everybody. <laughs> Have a good Bye. morning, Charlie. Thank you so much. Uh, speaking of gardenias, we'll we'll stay with that theme here. And up next is Sarah in Austell. Hey there, Sarah. Good morning. How are you? Great. What's going on? Well, I know that the freeze um, did some damage to it. It finally did start cutting out, and I did have some blooms. But there are some dead places. Do I need to go ahead and trim those or do those in August or September? Whenever something's dead on the plant, you can always prune it. 
any month of the year, prune out dead stuff, you know, go all the way back to where that stem originated from and cut those dead spots totally out. But when you're thinking of more rejuvenation or just trying to kind of sturdy it up again or reshaping it, like pruning considerations for those, again, after the gardenia flowers. So right now is good. July and August is good. And then when they're dormant, too, like in January, February, those are the two times you can really do some, you know, resizing to them. Okay. Thank you so much. You're Um, welcome. Yeah, Go ahead. And and then on the clementis, I think that's how you pronounce it. Uh It did really well the first couple of years. And the last couple, it's kind of dying away. Is it the heat? I try to keep it watered, but it does get... Midday sun and afternoon sun. What did it look like about a month or two ago? Um, it had leaves. Okay. And it had, uh, it had a few blooms. Now it has one bloom. Okay. I'm going to attribute that not to the heat, Sarah, but I think that was that March freeze. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it killed my mom's back completely, which was devastating. So we just cut it all the way back. And I mean, I do see some new shoots now at the at the base, which is good. Um, but for a lack of blooming and things, I think that whatever parts of the vine, you know, where the energy was going to to bloom this year probably just was affected by March. So as long as you've got leaves, it's not dead at all. So hopefully just barring any weird freezes like that this coming year, it should be okay. I would just let it be. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling. Have a good Saturday. You too. Bye-bye. Love it. Oh, I'm giving people good news. I'm not giving anybody bad news. This is great. Uh, for, oh, and just a reminder, too, I just had somebody message me about the privacy screening when Mariana just called about some plant suggestions. Again, go into Walter Reeves' website, walterreeves.com, and in the upper search bar in the upper right corner, uh, just search privacy or privacy shrubs or screening or something like that. And that's where that list is of uh, really tall, cool plants that keep their leaves that uh, will allow your neighbors to not see what's going on in your yard. There you go. Uh, Going out to Athens, Clark County this morning, we'll talk to Tina. Hey, Tina, welcome to the show. Hey. What's going on with you? Well, I have this beautiful, beautiful rosebush. My dad um, planted me his yard way back. I'm talking about 30 years ago. I don't know. And it was just absolutely beautiful. And he had passed on, and I'd... Uh, 2015, I had dug it up because um, the house was being sold, and uh, I brought it to Athens and I put it in one area uh, in my yard, and it didn't seem to do well at all, at all. And then I put it in a different area to see if it gets more sun, and it's still just little peaked little plant, you mm-hmm. know, with leaves. But it is putting on um, new leaves. It's got leaves. Okay. When was the last time you transplanted it? Like, how recently was that? Oh, I think about three years ago, four years ago. Um, Some of it still could be transplant shock, you know? I mean, you really got to give those roots a chance to to acclimate and grow into their new spot. Um, And you did move it to more full sun? Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's good. Because a lot of times when they don't bloom, that's the number one thing. It's just a lack of sunlight. Um, also too, kind of going back to the call we just had, Tina, because it got so cold in December and then when everything was starting to bud out and then we had two freezes in March as well, that honestly could have nipped the buds. Uh, you know, the expression nip it in the bud, I, that the March freezes could have done that. Um, so there's a rose bush near it that's just doing great, but I actually didn't see no roses on it either, actually. 
Yeah. And I mean, too, you know, you think about your yard as a whole, but even different parts of your yard, like if the house shades one side or one tree shades one part, there's little microclimates within your entire yard. If you have an acre or two or whatever, you know, a rose bush and then one five or six feet away may do totally different. So and also it had to do with when the freeze events happened in December and March, you know, where the wind cuts through, like one plant may be more susceptible to winds, whereas one's guarded by the house or a shed or something like that and is protected from the wind. So those are all kind of things we think about. But um, I, I wouldn't do much pruning. I would just kind of let it be. Um, if you need to prune for size or whatever, you can go ahead and do that. The stems that aren't blooming, which is most of them, but pick out the hardiest stems that aren't blooming and maybe take them back by about half. Well, it's not very big. Okay. Yeah, then I wouldn't do any pruning. Yeah, I would I would leave there, it alone. There was a little bit of brown leaves on it, but not hardly any. I was curious about that. Maybe that code did that. That could have. And and now with the healthy leaves you do have, be on the lookout for stuff eating them. You know, we want to go ahead and guard against any insects. If you've got little um, rose sawfly, little green tiny caterpillars on the bottom sides of the leaves, you'll see Japanese beetles, those kind of things. Um, Bayer, the the product or the brand name Bayer is now bio-advanced, but they make the stuff in the blue bottle. Go ahead and invest in like a rose three-in-one product uh, by BioAdvanced. Sit there in the box store, look at the label, but it's their Rose Care, like three-in-one product. Um, it'll help with a little bit of nutrition. It'll also help against um, insects. Read the labels as to when to apply it at the right time, but that might benefit you too, just to kind of strengthen it up and, and help it ward off anything that's going to continue to deteriorate its condition. Good luck, Tina. I think you're on the path. Just let it be. Keep keep it mulched. Keep it mulched when you do need to water it in times of no rain. Water at the base. Don't water overhead. And um, fingers crossed. Hopefully it'll get some flowers. I know it means a lot to you. 404-872-0750. Back with the top three things to do in the landscape next on WSB. Green, Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. Had no trouble talking until this very moment. Sorry. Uh, Number one, how about fertilizing patio pots and hanging baskets, especially after heavy rains like we've had Thursday, Friday, this morning. Uh, That leaches nutrients out of the soil. So do a slow release like Osmocote or miracle Grow should be just fine. Uh, Use as much as the labels say, but just don't neglect those little guys and be deadheading that stuff too for more and more blooms. Number two, I want you to prune odd new shoots off of shrubs just to maintain their good growth forms and shapes. Uh, Avoid formal shearing though whenever you can. So I've got some kaleidoscope abelia that just have like one little shoot coming out the middle that's taller than the rest. So that kind of stuff and what we mentioned earlier with a collar, anything that's dead, just always prune that out. And number three is going to come from Eileen Vogel of Flowerwood Nursery. She joined me in hour number one uh, to talk about blueberries on behalf of the Southern Living Plant Collection. Some things to consider with planting blueberries is they thrive in acidic soil. They make a terrific companion plant for rhododendrons, dogwoods, nasturtiums, and even evergreens like pines. Or surround them with edible plants that won't compete with the sunshine. Herbs like basil and oregano make terrific low-growing options. A nice little environment around your blueberry bushes. 404-872-0750. Back with your calls next on WSB. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's 
Green and Growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. On 95.5 WSB. More time to take more calls. Live with you on a Saturday morning, 404-872-0750. Hands up if this is your first time listening to the show. So glad you found me. Three years now, over three years, uh, hosting Green and Growing since February of 2020. Learning so much over these years from all of you, from my Master Gardener classes, from garden clubs that I get to speak to. Just so much fun. And I love the calls. And, and you all learn from each other, too. So Let's do it, shall we? Back out to the phones. Uh, Andy calling from McDonough on the show this morning. Very easy to get through. Hey, Andy, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am great. Where are you driving to? Uh, actually going to work at the airport. Okay. Ooh, thanks for what you do there. That's an important job. <laughs> <laughs> and you're never late, are you? Well, I try never to be. <laughs> Your boss isn't listening. It's okay. <laughs> What's going on? Well, I bought an old house from like the early 1900s, mm-hmm. and there are some huge camellia bushes, and a lot of them, there's probably about six of them wow. in the house. And so there's probably no telling how long they've been there, but they are probably about seven, eight foot tall, mm-hmm. and it's covering the front of the house. I'm trying to find out when is the right time to prune them, and then also how far down can I prune them. Okay, great questions. And do you notice that, like, do they all bloom at the same time, or do some bloom, like, in October, November, and some bloom, like, February, March? Um, They pretty much all bloomed earlier, like, November, January. Okay, okay, cool. Yeah, you may have a mix of both types, like Sasanqua and Japonica, you know, just us looking at the leaves, they look the same. Um, but right. the Sasanqua will bloom uh, earlier, like October. No- mm-hmm. Well, I guess that's later, technically later in the year, October, November. And they've got big yellow centers. And then some of the more rose-like blooms, they bloom in February, March, and that's Japonica. But either way, it doesn't matter okay. what type you have. Um, since these are evergreens, they have their leaves on all the time. The best time to do pruning is anywhere, I would say, from March to May. And the reason for that, Andy, is because that's after the chance of a freeze or a frost generally and end time for new spring growth to begin. So March to May is a good time. You don't want to do it coming up now or later in the year because anything that you cut, every time you prune any plant, it's going to, you know, that the hormones say put on new growth, put on new growth. So this late in the year, new growth that is spurred by pruning has a chance to get nipped by a freeze because it just doesn't have the time to harden off by December or January. So we don't want to kill parts of it. Um, and then a general rule of thumb, I know they're pretty large, but you only want to remove about a third at a time. So if they're six or seven feet tall, you know, I would maybe cut them back by about two feet um, and then honestly wait till the following year and then do some more reduction at that same time, March through May, take take another little bit. So it's going to be a process but you're going to do that, A, so they grow to the right shape and form, but B, so you don't kill them. Okay. Yeah. So Great info. I, I was somebody said, oh, you can cut it like all the way down to the ground. I'm like, I don't feel right doing that. <laughs> no. I mean, there's something to be said for, I think I used this term and I probably used it incorrectly uh, in the last half hour, rejuvenative pruning. I've had the pruning guru Rick Smith on and we talk about rejuvenative rejuvenative pruning and that is like in extreme cases where we're just going to kind of give it a reset and let the plant start over but I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do for your camellias so if you just have the patience and have the time and really I mean 
cutting off a foot and a half or two feet, like that's enough to to really make a difference. You'll be able to see out those windows and stuff again. So um, it's a process, but yeah, just wait till March or May and go at it. Just make sure you've got okay. the right tools, real sharp stuff to do it. Right. All right. Well, thank you so much. Have a good day at the airport. Thanks for calling. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Um, holding patiently, calling from Sugar Hill now, is Linda up in Gwinnett County. Hey, Linda, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing so far? I'm doing good. Thank you very much for taking my call. Yeah. I, we told you, you've been talking about the Jim Magnolia. I planted two probably uh, two years ago. And they were four or five feet. They are now a good eight to ten feet, and they kind of look a little straggly. Do you trim that magnolia tree? Should you just leave them along? Or, is, which, the, or the, is they trying to make a form? You know, sometimes I see them in subdivisions or whatever. They look like they're almost to a point. Yeah, um, little gem magnolias. Right. You know, right. I would give you the same advice I just gave Andy. Since they're evergreens um, and they keep their leaves and they're sturdier trees, I would do most of the pruning March through May uh-huh. um, just to kind of reshape them and whatever. And you'll be able to, you know, over time really force the shape that you want. Okay. So you can you can trim them, though. That's It's okay. Yeah. And always prune back to, like, if you're, you know, removing branches selectively just here and there to kind of thin it out or like a branch that's longer than all the ones around it or whatever, I would always, always cut back to a growth point. So, like, when you're going to remove a branch or a twig, go all the way down to where it originated from. Don't just look at this long branch that's coming out the side and, like, just lob mm-hmm. it off in half. You know, I mean, okay. go back to where okay. another branch is starting to come out. And one other thing, and I, I call it a tulip tree. It's a tulip tree that the blooms come first and then the leaves come on later. Yeah, tulip magnolia, yeah, or saucer magnolia, some call okay. it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When and do you trim those? Those are a little tougher because, yeah, you get the blooms first and then the leaves come on. The blooms are actually on those branch tips, and they're actually uh-huh. starting to form now. So if you do any major pruning, you're going to lose those bloom tips when you cut off the branches. So okay. be real selective in how you do it. Um, and if you just do a little bit at a time, you'll still have blooms, whereas if you do major cutting, you won't really have any next spring. So just selectively cut some branches out if you're looking to kind of, you know, reduce the size a little bit. But you'll see it as you go to prune it. Even now, you'll see the beginning of those buds on the tips of the branches. So the oh, okay. the ones that have more buds on them, maybe leave those alone so you still have some flowers for next year. Okay. Awesome. Well, thank, you. thank you for your advice and have a good weekend. You too. I so appreciate it, Linda. I'm, I'm going to have a fun weekend. I can't wait to tell you all about it when I get back. It's going to be real quick. It's going to be a whirlwind, but it's going to be a lot of fun. I hope you do as well. Uh, 404-872-0750. Pam up in Woodstock's been a happening place today. You're like the fourth person from Woodstock, Pam. Hi. Hi, how are you? <laughs> really good. How about you? I'm doing very well, too. So what are you looking to do with your yard? All right. Well, it's uh, a new community. <clears throat> I've had someone give me an estimate on putting a patio in, so that's going to be about um 13 feet by 30. The yard itself is about 13 and a half uh, wide and long. It's about 60 feet. Uh, I have full sun. I mean, hot, full sun. Um, Someone came to give me an estimate on putting artificial turf for pets in, and he said they refuse to do it unless I get my windows tented because of the amount of sun I have. So... um, 
I'm looking for plants that are going to be easy enough for me to maintain and, um, you know, have something pretty in the yard. Okay. So are we thinking more flowers or are we thinking more like shrubs? Well, not shrubs that will grow so big because, Mm -hmm. you know, like I said, it's only 13 feet wide. Okay. Um, And I'm going to have a pathway in between, you know, the walkway to the fences on each side. I'm on an end unit. So it needs to look nice. I was thinking, I didn't know if roses would do well. Um, Yeah, roses will do great in full sun. Um, Knockouts are getting a little tired. So I would go back to a traditional rose, you know, that has a nice scent and all of that. And and knockouts get really leggy. I mean, even though you prune them every single year, like mine will still grow from only a foot tall when after I prune them on Valentine's Day to r- leaning out over the walkway. They're like five feet tall. They're just gangly. So maybe a more traditional rose would be nice. Um, not shrubs, but this is something low maintenance that every summer you'll enjoy elephant ears and canna lilies for like a tropical look. So those do die back in the wintertime from the tubers or the rhizomes, but then you'll have the really cool foliage, um, thinking about maybe echinacea, like coneflower, that's going to be a good perennial and it attracts the pollinators. Um, coneflower is good for full sun. A couple of other ones maybe, and I'm thinking perennials because you said low maintenance. So dahlias, uh, dahlia tubers generally you plant in May and then you get those beautiful, even dinner plate sized dahlia flowers for the summer. Delphinium, delphinium is another one that's got a pretty blue color. I'm trying to think if you want a little gem, no, not little gem magnolia, um, diamond spire gardenia. Diamond spire gardenia is a small little flowering shrub, and it's a gardenia that's going to stay pretty compact. um, And it's going to, you know, produce flowers a couple of times a year. And then a dwarf laura petalum, if you like the purple color of the leaves. Uh, Laura Petalum, again, they get crazy too, but they've been so good. The the cultivars and the hybridization they've done for Laura Petalum or Chinese Fringe, those can stay real small and compact. Uh, gosh, just off the top of my head, it's so hard to think of a number of them. I could probably eh, label off plants all day. Rutabecchia. I'm thinking summer ones for flowers. So um, with full sun, you're just not going to get a lot of of action over the winter time as far as any blooms or anything like that. But I hope that gives you a good start. A lot of those are based off of tubers or rhizomes, Pam. So when you go shopping, check that section of the nursery as opposed to, you know, the the uh, beds or the flats of, of flowers. That'll get you a good start. And for now, uh, you still got time to do impatience, geraniums, begonias, uh, even vinca. Vinca, I have really grown to like vinca in containers or even in the ground, but over um, impatience. I just did impatience for so long or sun patience. And now Vinca is what I lean to. So thank you so much for the call. Good luck with that. And the artificial turf, I want you to report back if you end up doing that. I'm curious to see how that ends up. Okay, when we come back, uh, the top three things to do in the landscape this weekend, a little bit more about our WSB Radio Carathon. So excited for the 23rd annual Carathon that we all do together as one big team coming up this Thursday and Friday. We really hope that you'll join us And it's getting ready to be back to school. So think about those kiddos as you're getting your own ready to go back to school next week and the week after are going to be busy. 404-872-0750. Right back after this. Green Green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, I've had fun with these today. Number one, prune odd new shoots off of shrubs to maintain good growth forms. I planted four kaleidoscope abelia last year. 
and all four of them have just one stray shoot coming up the top in the middle. So prune that, not going to hurt, but avoid formal shearing whenever you can. Number two, fertilize patio pots and hanging baskets. Pretty often, not every time you water them, but you have to replace the nutrients in the soil that leach out by frequent watering. So have some miracle Grow on hand, some Osmocote, something like that, and just kind of be mindful of how much you use when you do it. Number three, spider mites. You may be seeing tan modeling that they cause on the leaves. You'll see very fine webbing there as well. Use a miticide or one of several general purpose insecticides that are labeled for control of them. What I do when I see that webbing, just take a twig or something like that and get that webbing off the plant. Now, granted, they're on the undersides of the leaves. They're going to keep doing it. So use an insecticide if you have to. You may have to alternate which ones you use to make them effective. Thump a leaf over, though, on a white sheet of paper. That'll be interesting. And they'll fall off onto the paper. And that way you know they're there. Um, I liked speaking with Eileen Vogel of Flowerwood Nursery in Alabama earlier this morning about blueberries. Happy National Blueberry Month. Yes, now is the time to prune them. She'll also give you something else to consider. They thrive in acidic soil. They make a terrific companion plant for rhododendrons, dogwoods, nasturtiums, and even evergreens like pines. Or surround them with edible plants that won't compete with the sunshine. Herbs like basil and oregano make terrific low-growing options. Thank you for all of your great calls this morning. I enjoyed being here, as I always do on a Saturday morning. I am out next Saturday. It's right after the WSB Radio Carathon, which, by the way, you have an opportunity to go to Gibbs Gardens with me for a donation to the Affleck Cancer and Blood Disorder Center of Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. Go to wsbradio.com slash carathon and look under incentives, a list of some fantastic stuff that myself and all of our other hosts are offering to you, our, our listeners. We could not do the carathon without you. Really fun opportunities I want you to take advantage of. So look for the garden tour with me. But that being said, me being out next Saturday, you'll get a recap of the wildlife roundtable we had with Chris Mowry and Ben Winkleman talked about a lot of the things you see outdoors, what to be afraid of, what not to be startled by, maybe foxes, coyotes, beavers, those kinds of things. Also busting some garden myths, things that you might be adding to your soil or putting in your garden that uh, could be good, could be bad. We don't know. we got to have the science base behind it. Uh, Bob Westerfield from the University of Georgia and UGA is well represented on the show next Saturday. I'll be bringing in a couple of guests that talk about the University of Georgia extension and common problems people encounter in their landscapes and how to come at it from a point of view of landscape design and landscape architecture. So a full show. And then looking ahead to August, we've got the Great Southeast Pollinator census August 18th and 19th. So I'll be visiting a couple of times with Becky Griffin, who heads up that project from the University of Georgia, and also a lot of business owners and men in the tree industry. They're going to be coming on. We'll have a roundtable discussion of what's being done to keep people in that industry safe. Aside from roofers, guys, that's a very dangerous job. So I can't wait to bring you that all in the month of August. It's going to be a busy month. Have a great Saturday. Thanks for listening. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.